0: right club be the right club today yes. well, I mean, that's better than most how about him that is better than most better than most
1: <laughs>
0: expect anything different ladies and gentlemen welcome to the no laying up podcast thank you so much for listening I am not, Solly. My name is Randy. Jumping in this week, and I could not be more excited. It is U.S. Open week for the ladies. They are out at the Olympic Club in San Francisco. I want to talk a little bit about that. And then we have two excellent interviews coming your way. The first one is with newly minted major champion. She won the ANA Inspiration, Patty Tavitaniket. have a great chat with her. And then the second interview is with Amelia Garvey, who just turned pro out of the University of Southern California. She will be making her first professional start at Olympic Club this week. So two excellent interviews. I think you're going to enjoy hearing from both ladies. Just a great chance to get to know them, get to know their game, their mindsets. And, you know, of course, I ask them about preparing for this week at the U.S. Open. So last month, Tron and I had the opportunity to go out to the Olympic club. The USGA was putting on a preview day and we had a great time. It was such a treat to see and get to play the lake course. I want to talk to you a little bit about it. It's built into the side of a hill. It's a very interesting piece of land to put a golf course you know looking at it it really took some imagination and some creativity to build a golf course there it it truly the the clubhouse sits on top of the hill and then you just have holes kind of switchbacking down the side of the hill eventually to lake merced Um, but it creates a, a very cool environment uh the top of the hill you get glimpses of san francisco you can see the golden gate bridge from some points out in the distance It's just a really neat piece of land. The clubhouse there at the lake course is big and sprawling, very pretty. I want to give a shout out to whoever does the landscaping there. It is impeccable. The shrubbery is, is so tightly trimmed. It's an impressive building and an impressive piece of land. They have two eighteens and then a nine hole course. The Lake course is the championship course. It's hosted five U.S. men's Opens. It's hosted three U.S. amateurs, and this will be the first women's Open that it's hosted. Um, Great history there. The first U.S. Open was in 1955. Jack Fleck defeated Ben Hogan in a playoff, and then it came back 11 years later, 1966. Billy Casper defeated Arnold Palmer in a playoff. And then you have 1987, Scott Simpson was a winner there, 1998, Lee Jansen, and then of course, 2012, Webb Simpson uh, captured his major championship with an appearance from the Jungle Bird in the post-round ceremony. I don't know if the Jungle Bird will will make another appearance, but uh, if I'm being honest, it'd be pretty cool if he did. So... I think the key this week, I mean, the fairways are are pretty difficult to hit. You have a lot of canted fairways where, you know, it might be a dog leg left, but the the land slopes almost left to right. So it'll be a real challenge for the ladies to find the fairway. And I think no matter if they do or if they don't, flat lies are going to be hard to come by this week. So it's really going to test iron games. I'm sure they will grow the rough up. When we played it, it was, it was very benign. They had, they had cut the rough. They had put the pins in some very friendly middle of the green places. But that won't be the case for the ladies this week. And then the only other thing I want to mention about the course, I think one of the defining features, they have a lot of bunkers, and especially their greenside bunkers have enormous faces to them. So, I mean, a few bunkers. I'm six, seven, six eight. There were a number of bunkers where I could not see over the lip. So it'll be interesting, you know, one, what kind of lies the players get if they do hit it into the bunkers. And then, two, how they navigate some of those huge faces. I guess the only other thing that Olympic Club is really known for is in the snack shack. Uh, you'll probably hear a lot about burger dogs on the telecast. I didn't really know what they were until I got there, but I can confidently report. I can tell you that they are very, very good. Essentially, it's a hamburger that's fit to look like a hot dog. So it's like a a tube of beef that they grill and then place in a hot dog bun. And then you just get all the fixings on it. It it is a a very, very good golf course uh, offering. So I'm sure sure Burger Dogs will, will become part of the broadcast at some point. And speaking of the broadcast, primetime golf for all you folks on the East Coast, which is fun. There's going to be a ton of televised golf, which is awesome. Thursday, it kicks off, I guess Thursday and Friday from 5 to 7 Eastern. uh, The Peacock streaming channel is going to carry the golf. And then from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern, it's going to go over to Golf Channel. So six hours between Peacock and Golf Channel of coverage on Thursday, Friday. On Saturday, from 2 to 5, it's going to be on NBC. And then from 5 to 10 p.m., it kicks over to Golf Channel. And then Sunday, 1 to 3 p.m. on Peacock before finishing 3 to 7 on NBC. So with that said, I I hope everybody greatly enjoys the golf this weekend. It's sure to be an excellent championship. Enjoy the interviews here in this episode. Uh, before I kick it to them, though, I want to thank one of our sponsors, and that is Precision Pro Golf. There was a lot of talk about rangefinders last week at the PGA Championship, but the biggest news yet is Precision Pro Golf announcing the launch of the smartest, most personalized rangefinder ever, the R1 Smart Rangefinder, available for limited pre order at precisionprogolf.com. The R1 Smart Rangefinder is the Rangefinder reinvented, combining the functions of a laser, GPS, and cell phone all into one device. Listen to all these features. Slope adjusted distances, GPS distance to the front, center, and back of the green, wind assist, which measures the effect the wind will have on each shot, the Find My Precision Pro function, which alerts you when the rangefinder has been left behind, meaning you'll never lose your rangefinder again, and the most innovative feature, to the R1 Smart Range Finder, Precision Pro's game-changing new MySlope technology. MySlope creates a customized measurement that's specific to you and your environment by combining a golfer's unique ball data with real-time weather data. A golfer's launch angle, ball speed, and spin rate are combined with the temperature, altitude, and humidity to create a distance that's tailored to you. It's unbelievable. Because if it isn't personalized, it isn't precise. So again, the R1 Smart Range Finder, the Range Finder Reinvented, is available for limited pre-order at precisionprogolf.com. Order today because inventory is limited. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. Thank them very much for sponsoring the No Laying Up podcast. And now on to my first interview with Patty Tavitaniket. Very special guest today, joined by Patty Tavitaniket. 2021 ANA Inspiration champion. Patty, good morning. How are you today?
1: Good morning. I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for making time for me. You're home in uh, Orlando, Florida right now. Is that right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: What does a typical week off uh, a week of preparation, a week of practice, walk me through uh, an off week for you.
1: Yeah. So there's an event in Virginia right now and I'm just, I decided, I decided to take a week off just cause. I went through kind of a lot of physical fatigue in Asia. So I just want to, you know, step back and get ready for the next three week stretch. But I've been working out a lot. I usually see my trainer three times a week. And I saw him twice last week as I got back on Monday. And I've uh, just been taking care of my body pretty good. Other than that, I saw my coach on the weekends. And then he's, he's actually in Kingsnow this week, working with another player. We figure some stuff out and we just work on that. And I've been working on a couple of things that we discussed about and just been playing a lot of golf.
0: I was going to ask, do you, are you, do you enjoy playing more than practicing? What's, what's the split between, I uh, you know, on, on practice days, between hitting range balls or going out on the course for you?
1: I typically, work on my swing stuff and then I I usually spend more time on the range than on the putting green or the chipping green because when I have stuff to work on I'll just be on the range it's basically like sometimes like I'll hit and I'll go play and when I go play I'll work on my like short game and putting there but mainly short game because putting is kind of like a week to week for me like I go to tournaments and I just kind of Figure it out. There, the, the greens different. The sweets different. Everything's different.
0: Two-part question, if if you don't mind. Uh, I hope everybody mm-hmm. listening has had the chance to to see you play. But I'm curious how you would describe your golf game in your own words. And then, you've obviously enjoyed a tremendous amount of success this year. Is there anything that you're working on in your golf game, or is it more of a kind of maintain what's going well right now?
1: A little bit of both. I think you know. I would describe my game as. Uh, I'm obviously like, you know, one of the long hitters on tour. Not like I get a lot of roles and stuff, but I feel like I could carry a lot of spot when the course is a little tougher. And I just feel like my game, I don't know how to like just one word describe it, (laughs) Um, but I do play aggressively. So I, I would say like aggressive play, but within that, it's something that, you know, my coach Grant Waite, and I has been have been working on since off season is positioning myself in in the spot where I can score better and say off the tee. You know you always want to hit in the fairway, but if anything like you're not gonna always hit in the fairway. But going from second shot onto the green is like somewhat really important, and what we've been working on a lot is uh, positioning myself.
0: I, I feel you on, you know, it's, it's tough to describe yourself and, and certainly your golf game, but let me, let me ask it another way. What, uh, obviously you're relatively very long out on the LPGA tour. I, I, you know, that's obviously one of your strengths. What do you think another strength of yours is relative to, you know, your competition? And then on the flip side of that, what's one thing that you would like to see yourself improve upon? Uh, is, are there any i hate to say weaknesses but uh you know what wh- what are those areas that are like okay i'm I'm really focusing trying to work on this
1: i feel like my game right now as a whole it's it's pretty wholesome it's it's pretty like i'm ready to take on every week i would say but you know there's some weeks where like i'm not feeling as great or there's some weeks where i'm swinging it differently just because like i'm tired or whatever so I think my main thing right now, what I need to focus on is, you know, getting my body ready for each week because I'm the type of person to be hyper mobile, And w- w- with that being said, I just feel like I could swing like literally like anyway, and um, to try to hit a golf ball, to hit it straight. And with that, it could cause, it could be a detriment to my game because like I'm doing everything I can to hit it straight without like not being where I need to be in my swing. Apart from that, you know, short game is really important. And I feel like every week it's, it's a little different. Like my short game is kind of average, I would say, but I do hit a lot of greens. That's why like I get away with a lot of, a couple of, you know, hard shots, but Mainly, like I mentioned before, like positioning myself is really important. So you don't short sight yourself and get like a really hard up and down. And there are days where I don't hit as good. But if I position myself well, I get a lot of easy chips up and down.
0: Uh, playing smart golf, something I don't really know anything about.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's been a huge help, you know, and I, I see like a big difference from this year and last year I feel like when I look at each hole in each shot it's kind of like you mature out of trying to just like always aim at the pin and trying to hit it as close as you can it's kind of like yeah like I matured from that and uh kind of learn how to play a little better
0: and has is I, I know you you're quick to credit and praise your coach Grant Wait. D- does he play a big part in that and and kind of instilling definitely, that philosophy yeah. in you
1: yeah definitely he um he you know he always makes sure like i feel confident about my game and he always makes sure everything is where it needs to be technical wise but if anything our pack our, our practice method has has been a a huge part of uh, my success so far
0: how did you get connected with grant how, how far back does that coaching player coach relationship go?
1: Well, I quarantined here in Florida and he's a member at IWorth. And at the time my boyfriend was at, uh is still a member, is a member at IWorth. And I didn't like get connected to him directly like right away. It took a while. But we have a group of friends that we hang out and uh his my boyfriend and his grandson are like best friend were really close and we hang out all the time. The whole quarantine, we were just like basically goofing around because like we don't know when the tournament's gonna come back. But uh, I was actually struggling with my game at that time because I didn't know what was going on. I don't. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have any anyone to navigate me where to go and which path am I taking? I think we started working together just before I went to Ohio. I don't remember. I think it was August when everything. Yeah, it was August, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of like August last year, my boyfriend connected me through his son and then his son told him and I was just like, I, I took some, you know, lessons from him twice and I was like, you know what? This is actually like going pretty well. Like he just gave me two tips and I'm like, I basically have like more shots to play now. So I started working with him seriously about like roughly about end of August.
0: And you said prior to that, you didn't really have a coach. Had you Did you have a, a longstanding coach growing up, or are, are you pretty self-taught? I guess let me go back to the very beginning even. How, how did you yeah, get into the that. game of golf? What was your introduction uh, to you, to even start playing?
1: Yeah, so my dad has always been my coach growing up, and I got into the game of golf because he was watching Tiger on TV, and I happened to be there, and he won that Tiger won that tournament and I just feel inspired. And, you know, there's like a spark inside of me that like, Oh, like I told my dad, I want to be like him one day. And that's how I like started golf. Um, I think it was like during winter break from my school. And then, um, and then I told him like, like, let's start golf next semester. And it was uh, on January 3rd, 2008. And that's when I like officially started (laughs) golf and he's been my coach. Um, ever since mainly but he brings me to see other people here and there because I guess I was hard to deal with (laughs) (laughs) for my dad
0: you know when you when you first started playing uh, I'm always curious about those early years did it come pretty naturally to you or was there a bit of frustration you know a
1: lot of frustrations
0: okay and at what point Um, did, did you even think like hey this could be let alone something you do at the college level. But did you ever think, I, I mean, I know you wanted to be like Tiger. And so there was always a seed of playing professionally, but like, was that the goal right away when you, when you picked up golf? Um,
1: when I picked up golf, I didn't know any better. You know, like I still remember my first time and I hit in a bunker and I was so like happy about it. I was like, Oh my God, I hit into a bunker. <laughs> like I was nine years old and I, I just, I had so much fun on the golf course And looking back, it's like, it probably was a good sign that, you know, I was enjoying it. I met so many like new friends at a golf tournament, not just school friends. And then when I was 10, I qualified to play in the um, junior world. So, 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 so hold on.
0: So, so you start golf as a, as a nine-year-old? Eight. Eight Eight-year-old. And then two years later, you're qualifying to play in the junior world yeah so that so that's a pretty rapid uh growth curve there for I, you
1: i guess i picked it up really fast but um i'm getting to where like how i went to college and how i'm like sure. here sort of because you know i mean i call up a junior world and that's how i was introduced to basically college golf um when i was 10 okay so it was like seven eight years prior to like <laughs> what i'm trying to do yeah. And obviously I want to like be a professional golfer growing up, you know, there's a Honda LPGA tournament in Thailand where like <sighs> amazing players played and like Yanni Tseng won there, Suzanne, uh, Lorena Chor, who else? Like a lot of good players won there. And I was like a kid and I always want to go and watch that tournament every single year. So I was like, man, like I want to make it here one day, but how do I make it there? Um, so my dad and I discussed about, okay, like, you know, I I didn't know any better. I was just like, oh, it, it's so cool to be in America. Like, it's so cool to like go and play golf there. And he was thinking, I, I guess like now I look back, it's like you have to be here to know the lifestyle, to know the culture, to like be comfortable being here to play on this tour. Because I mean, if you think about it, you're just coming from like a different place and you being put in an environment that you're not really used to and you're trying to do something that is really hard to do like playing on the LPG tour it's actually pretty stressful and I think he thought of that coming towards like when I was 17 18 going to college so we set a goal where like okay I'm, I'm coming to college here to try to get on the LPG tour it's like it's this is a path for me to get to the LPG tour and that's how I Get more into like, you know, like recruiting process, playing a JGA event and eventually go to UCLA. And obviously now I'm on tour.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was a, a heck of a career at UCLA. You won seven times. You were two time All-American, low am at the at the 2018 U.S. Open. When you turned mm-hmm. pro, uh, you turned pro in 2019 and you had yeah. really good success on the Symmetra Tour was there much of an adjustment period for you or, you know, did that, did that first year on Symmetric come pretty easily as well?
1: I would say it wasn't, it wasn't easy, but obviously like I played, like I played the way that I, I made it look easy, but it wasn't, you know, I was in school for two years. I was in with my parents all the time for two years, but like, when I turned pro I, I just, I was with them 24 seven every single time on the road. And my dad was on my bag. So it was it was a little like, well, like what am I getting myself into here? Yeah. But yeah. obviously I was so focused on just, just getting as much experience as I can, you know, hopefully making it through third stage of Q school that year and, and try to qualify to get the LPGA Tour card. Um, who knows I would finish second, on the money list at the end of the year starting half a season um but like I said I was just really focused on what I'm doing and you know like my I'm really really grateful you know that I have my parents there with me even though it was kind of like a really big jump from college like being on my own and having them by my side 24 7
0: and so yeah you 2019 just for folks to know you you won three times on the Symmetra tour you were the uh the rookie of the year obviously earned your LPGA tour card then for 2020 2020 tough year with COVID uh the delayed start and everything uh was was that hard for you I I know that's when you yeah that's when you met Grant but gosh I, I gotta think not an ideal way to start your first year out on the lpga tour huh
1: for sure you know i struggle a little bit like i said when it comes to that um, my parents were supposed to be on tour with me last year because they wanted to help out and i feel like i needed that until everything shut down borders closed i was here they went back in thailand and, and everything just like basically flipped flip upside down I struggled a lot off the course last year, just like being alone. I I actually was not doing so well. And I I think that kind of affected my golf game a little bit because I feel like golf is not just, you know, the game of skills, but it's also like a mental game. A huge part of it is. So like if you're not really like 100% yourself or you're like off of something, then it's going to affect your golf, you know, here and there. And it did for me. I didn't have my parents here and I was doing literally everything by myself and I just learned how to do that. And with with COVID and everything, you can't do much. So I, I just feel like I was still traveling, but I, I was feeling like I was in prison. I was lonely, really yeah. lonely.
0: Difficult for everybody, but certainly, like you said, separated from family and out on the road where you're rookie, you're, you're younger. I mean, you're t- 20 years old at the time last year. I, yeah, I, I can't imagine how difficult that is. Was there any socializing? Is there anybody out on tour that you could kind of lean on? Um, somebody to take you under your wing or take you under their wing, I should say?
1: Not last year, because last year, I just feel like I was just really like shutting myself out from, from, from everyone. And I mean, my best friend got on tour with me and we we went to, we hung out a lot in college. Uh, her name's Jennifer Chang. She went to USC, I went to UCLA. So it's like in LA, we're supposed to be rivals, but we love each other. <laughs> so we always have each other's back. But at the same time, I, I just really like shut myself from everyone, including, you know, my best friend. And I just, not that like, we don't talk, we talk, but I don't like really show what's you know behind this like happy face kind of so it was just something i deal with with like really really close people in my life and that's when i'm i really feel thankful for um my like my boyfriend and his family and grant especially because he's been there and trying to lift me up and just people around me in orlando just you know lifted me up pretty good including my like trainer and everyone here so Without them, like, I, I don't know how I would go through 2020.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and so 2021, uh, I know it was a bit of a delayed start, but yeah. do you feel, I, I hopefully, you know, ha- have you been able to see parents? Do you, do you feel like you're in a much better place? I mean, certainly your golf game is. So maybe that's, there's the correlation there.
1: Yes. I just do. I come to an acceptance that, you know, this is a hard time, difficult time for everyone. I'm not struggling on my own and I just gotta learn how to be strong and just just manage that and put it aside. Um, I have not seen my parents since March last year, but oh, wow. I did I get to see them from afar in Thailand. Cause you know we have to be in a bubble. So I get to see them from afar. Um it was refreshing, you know, it's just a nice feeling to to see familiar faces still from afar and I think that motivated me to play well in Thailand. Just like, I want to, I was just so happy. I was back in Asia. I haven't been back for a while. And it was just like a lot of gratitude going on. You know, I was just like, wow, like I haven't been back for so long. And I'm just really happy to be here. Um, It was just two happy weeks. And it was tough. You know, I didn't get to like hug them or anything. You know, that's the tough part. But I mean, I want to look at it you know, in a positive way that I get to see them and I get to like know that they're healthy and I get to talk to them in person. I think that's that's more important now during this tough time.
0: I, I want to ask you about, obviously your your first win on tour is a major win at the ANA, uh, but it's just hitting me. Like you you have not been able to celebrate that with, with your parents and your dad yet. That's, that's yeah. amazing. I think I, we, we kind of take for granted maybe those of us based here in the United States, just being able to see family now. And yeah, that's, that's quite something.
1: Yeah. Everyone like talked to me about that, you know, on tour, like, Oh, you haven't seen your parents since like you on. I was like, yeah, but I, I know it's like, it means a lot to them and to me too, to like, like have them like watch me win in person, but it's just not something we can do and it's out of our control. I can't do anything about it. You know, like I can't, I can't be mad about it. Cause like, if I was frustrated over it, like what is it going to do me any good? Like, no, like, I can't do anything about it. So like I said, just being at the like an acceptance that it is what it is. And eventually in the future, you know, like we're going to go back to normal. And of course they're going to see me win again, one day, like just, you just got to be optimistic about a lot of things. Cause obviously like being negative about it last year didn't work. so. Mm-hmm you got to
0: change. And your win at the ANA was, it was a pretty dominating performance uh, start to finish. I I was listening to your post-win interview and you were talking about, well, two things stuck out. I think you said you had meditated twice before that final round Uh, And I I wanted to, I I wanted to ask you, is that a normal part? I got to imagine that's a normal part of not only your golf preparation, but is that uh, a normal part of just your day-to-day life as well?
1: When I feel stress? Yes. When I feel a little out of myself, I tend to just, you know, step back and just reset and just try to like, okay, what go through my mind and just, just be with myself and just be self-conscious. Um, but I think that week I was just like overwhelmed with what I was doing. I was, it was a lot of emotions. I was overwhelmed. I was confused. I was excited to the point where I was numb.
0: Yeah. And so I
1: was like, what is like, I was confused. I was like, I don't know what's going on. So like, I'm just going to like watch my breathing and just breathe in, breathe out. So I did it twice. Um, but they, they were different like meditation exercises. One was um watching my um resting heart rate and the other one was just like which is watching what my mind where my mind goes.
0: How long have you been meditating?
1: Oh my dad, um <laughs> my dad like he kind of ingrained that since I was really young. And I'm, I grew up in a Buddhist country. Um so obviously like I did that since I was young, but not consistently. But it's it's always something that's, that's, that's been within me.
0: I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, do you work with Lynn Marriott and Pia Nilsson? Are you part of yeah. the, the Vision 54? Does that have tie-ins? Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like, I guess, talk to me about um, how that helps you. And, and also, are, are there some tie-ins with your practice of, of meditating and, and how you kind of go about visualizing things?
1: Yeah, for sure. They helped me. They were basically like a huge part of my success. When I first turned pro, I went to Vision 54 before I played Symmetra Tour events. And I feel like having their stuff within my system really, really helped me as a person and as a golfer, mainly as a person.
0: Has the A win sunk in yet for you? Is that something that it like is. you've processed? Like, oh my gosh, I'm a major champion. <laughs>
1: It did, you know, but it's just not the feeling that like, okay, I, yes, I've accomplished something, but it's just like, it's, it's the realization that like, okay, I'm still like hungry for more. I know what I did. So I, I know what I can do and um, I'm still hungry for more. I don't know. I just feel like I, I don't, I'm not satisfied yet, but obviously I'm happy with my win. Like um, that's like a dream come true and I am living the dream it's just like there's more out there for me to to fetch you know
0: yeah yeah for sure I I saw or I I read somewhere um that you and your dad I believe prior to this season you had set two goals one to be within the top 100 in the Rolex uh, world rankings and then the other to yeah. be in the top 60 for the for the CME um yeah Obviously you have a, a wonderful start on both of those. You're currently ranked 10th in the world and uh third in the, in the CME. Have you adjusted those goals at all? Or is it like, okay, let's just stick to the plan this year and then I'll, I'll reset next year. Talk to me about that. You know, that goal setting process, especially in the aftermath of a huge breakthrough major victory. Um,
1: It's not like I'm setting different goals, but it's just like, okay you know, I can get to here now. Like I'm here now. Let's just let's keep on pedaling. Like that. And it's not like a goal where like, I want to get here. Cause I feel like if I set goals and I get there, I'll like stop. Like, I'll like, okay, I'm good. It's just like, okay, let's see what I can do next. Let's see what I can do next. That type yeah. of thing. And I do have like a, a really funny goal that I, I kind of like about like money, how much money I'm making this year and i just told myself like oh let's see if i can like reach a million this year <laughs> <Fair laughs> of. it's like a funny goal to myself
0: I mean, well yeah i mean gosh a, a, a million dollars that's that's obviously life changing and um you know you're well on your way we're we're here in in may of of 2021 and and certainly i think your your play would very much help you accomplish that goal. I want to look forward to Olympic Club, the U.S. Women's Open in San Francisco. Have Have you played at the Olympic Club before? Do you have much knowledge of that course?
1: No, I have not, but I'm really excited to, you know, be back in Northern California. I haven't been back in forever. Um, I have a lot of good memories up there. You know, I played, played Poppy Hills. I won my first college tournament tournament in like Northern California. And I also want like a regional there. So there's a lot of good memories there. And I'm just excited to be back. And one of my friends, he's a member at that club. Um, and so he's going to walk during the practice round with me. So that'll be fun. Nice. Some local knowledge going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, do you think you'll feel, obviously, you know, life will be different. You More media opportunities. But will you feel any different going into a tournament like that coming off you know you've, you've won the one major this year on the LPGA tour it does any of that stuff creep into your mind or is it just kind of business as usual and you go about your regular prep
1: it changes a little bit but I tend to you know tell myself to think like oh it's just another tournament like it is a bigger tournament so like I'm gonna be a little bit more stressed and more focused but if anything like I just want to treat every tournament the same you, you know you would do everything the same um and obviously it's a big one like i really want to play well and i'm doing everything i can to prepare for that week right now even though like i might have a tournament next week but i still going to take that week as a practice week and i'm going to learn as much as i can coming up to us open not that i'm not going to learn anything at us open it's still like another learning week and but i just feel like i'm taking it a little differently you know not, i'm not expecting anything just just i'm gonna do the best i can play smart golf aggressive i can be and and we'll see how i can do it
0: patty i i really enjoyed catching up with you thank you so much for uh your your insight and and your candor and, and best of luck at the u.s open
1: thanks for having me thank you so much hey
0: everybody before we get to our second interview today i want to thank our other sponsor for this episode and that is cooper tires So I never put much thought into tires in the past. The thought was always to drive what comes on my vehicle. And if I did have to replace them, I made my decision pretty much just based on price. Our friends at Cooper Tires know what they're talking about. Cooper has been an American company since 1914 with more than a century in the tire industry. Each Cooper tire undergoes rigorous testing and are backed by warranty. So you can trust that they'll last for thousands of miles. The Coopers pride themselves on good merchandise, fair play, and a square deal. Always have and always will. So don't overpay or underbuy. Cooper tires do what tires should do and cost what tires should cost. All Cooper tires are backed by a limited warranty, a 45-day test drive warranty, and select products are backed by a treadwear mileage warranty, helping to give you confidence on the road. For complete product and warranty details, please visit www.coopertires.com or www.coopertires.ca we thank them very much for sponsoring the no laying up golf podcast and remember go with the coopers joining us now on the line new zealand's own amelia garvey really excited to get to talk to you amelia uh first of all How are you? Uh, I imagine this is a big week for you. Talk to me what all uh, you're feeling going into now your second U.S. Open.
2: Yeah, no, I'm feeling good for sure. Obviously, really excited to get started um, on Thursday, but just looking forward to obviously the pro debut. Um, It's something I've dreamed of and it's been a long time coming. So feeling some feelings that I've never really felt before, but just trying to take it all in and, you know, uh, one tip at a time.
0: That's awesome. And I should have led with that. Congratulations on the decision to turn pro. Uh, you made that last week. I know that must be uh, the culmination of a, a lifelong dream that you've had. I'm curious, what what went into the decision and the particular timing for you to decide to turn pro right now?
2: Kind of. It all has come along really quickly, to be honest. I wasn't planning on turning pro until um, Q School. So probably the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I played played my US Open qualifier um, about a month ago now and didn't really think much of it when I was playing the qualifier, but I uh, kind of got a message from my coach when I had just finished my round basically and was going into a playoff um, and the playoff ended up going into the next morning as well and he kind of hinted at the fact that this could be a really big opportunity um, ahead of me. And I, yeah, I didn't really think about being able to turn pro um, when I was playing the qualifier. And then I saw that message and I was like, hold on a minute, I could actually turn pro um, for the open if I made it, because obviously nationals finishing this week. um, And then I didn't really have much uh, scheduled apart from, you know, a few amateur tournaments and maybe USM um, over the summer, So it's just um, all fell into place really nicely. And, you know, it was too good of an opportunity to play the Open as a pro to give up just for a couple of amateur tournaments over the summer. So um, a little bit more rushed than I would have liked. I think the timings just worked out really perfectly.
0: Well, that's that's fantastic. I'm curious, do you have a feel for kind of what changes immediately ahead for you? You said you can't, obviously can't get into some amateur tournaments now, but what will you do this summer? What what are the next steps after the U.S. Open?
2: Yeah, so since, you know, when I made my decision that I was going to turn pro um, probably like a week after qualifying, uh, I've just been kind of preparing for all that stuff, trying to get a schedule uh, ahead of me for the summer. And it's been really nice to see that I've been able to, you know, put some stuff in place in June and July leading up to, um Q school just some mini tour you know uh the women's all pro tour um so I actually think I'm going to be playing a little bit more than what I thought um and probably more than if I would have stayed amateur but yeah I I mean I think it's going to be it's going to really help me going into Q school just being able to experience what it's like playing for money um before actually going going out to Q school and trying to get some status somewhere. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, just obviously you can't really prepare for something you've never really felt before, but I'm really trying to reach out to friends that have been in the same situation as me. Um, I've got a lot of friends out on tour and a lot of girls that have, you know, made this transition as well. So just trying to gather as much knowledge as I can from them, but also just being okay with, you know, not knowing how I'm going to feel on the first tee on Thursday either um but just preparing for everything.
0: Well, and I wanted to ask you about that. You you played in last December's US Open in Houston, mm-hmm. but you qualified through that because of COVID um and the strength of your world amateur ranking. Is it a little bit more stressful having to get in, playing your way in through qualifying? I know you had uh, some interesting stories from from your qualifying site, but just talk to me. You know, second time around, and gosh, the second U.S. Open in a matter of just over six months. What feels different this go round for you?
2: Yeah, well, obviously going back to the last U.S. Open, it was my first competitive round in eight months. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> yeah, so I actually went uh, back home. For, you know, during COVID when our seasons got cancelled and stuff like that. Um, so I was home for a good uh, eight months and didn't actually, didn't play many events back home because I was trying to protect my world ranking to get into the US Open And um, when they announced that they were going to be taking the top 30 amateurs. So that paid off, not playing <laughs> events, but then I kind of got got in and was like wow like I haven't actually played a tournament in so long so I was just really trying to do my best to sort of simulate you know as much pressure and as much you know trying to compare what it would be like playing in an open just trying to play the hardest courses and yeah it it went pretty well to be honest I kind of went in there with no expectations because you know I hadn't played in so long and I'm not gonna lie there was a bit of rust as well just, you if
0: I can interject though you you you're downplaying that first round was a 2 under 70. Uh, yeah. I I believe you were in the you know the top 15 after round 1. Unfortunately yeah. in 76 in round 2, but yeah, gosh, that that first round you must have been flying high there.
2: Yeah, and I think you know a lot of that was just through my mindset and just kind of going in there with you know the goals of not really any performance goals. You know, I I prepared to be in the lead, but I also prepared to coming in last place after the first round as well and I think that was you know what really helped me out there it was just being in the moment and really just enjoying you know I came down my ninth hole uh which was the 18th in that first round and saw my name up on the leaderboard and I was like wow this is this is cool (laughs) and just not shying away from it as well you know I think you can let those moments get the best of you if you try and ignore it and not you know let your emotions you know come through so I was just Really enjoying my time there, and knowing that that was my first major, and yeah, I made, I came, had some obstacles in the second round, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what you know how how I've learned from that second round and and just the experience experiences that I had, you know, because it was only what eight months ago now that I played, so I've really been trying to put some different things in place over you know this last college semester to be able to you know go out there this week and um hopefully make some money as
0: well well and let's talk about this week uh have, have you played olympic before i you went to school at southern california so i don't know if that course was ever you know if you guys ever competed there maybe played there on some of your travels do, do you know much about the venue
2: No, I haven't actually played there, but I've heard a lot of good things. Um, My coach, Justin Silverstein, um, he's coming up with me. I know he knows a lot about the course. So um, I'm getting up there nice and early. I'm going um, on Saturday. So it's, you know, I've been able to put in a lot of prep up to now. And just even, you know, I've done some stuff online, a lot of decades stuff where you look at Google Maps and stuff like that to map out the course. Even though I haven't played it, it's... um, definitely a lot of information gathering done beforehand
0: what is what will be your preparation uh going into thursday's first round how do you like to prepare for a tournament and and are majors any different for you
2: um well, obviously not much experience <laughs> um, I, was, I was kind of that was kind of one thing you know over the last in college we only have one practice round so also you know you get here with a lot of time on your hands to see the course and stuff but I think just not overdoing it either. I think a lot of the time you can over-prepare for these types of things just because, you know, you label them as a major. But at the end of the day, you're just going around there and hitting hitting a golf ball like I've done I don't know how many times in my life. So also just trusting the fact that, you know, once I've got the information I need, um, I don't need to overdo it at all and just stick to, stick to what I know.
0: I, I always love to hear – people describe their own golf games. How, how, how do you describe your golf game? And, and I'm curious specifically, you know, what, what relatively speaking, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? How would you assess your own game?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I've i always, you know, I've always wanted to be known to have a different game to, you know, the girls out there. The fact that um, I do have quite a lot of speed. Um, I think I'm in the top five top 10 average on the LPGA, um, my speed right now. So I definitely try and use that to my advantage in the way that I can, you know, shape shots and hit different ball flights and stuff like that. That's something that um, my coach and I, Ryan Lumsden, work on quite a lot. Um, I think having speed is such an advantage, especially at, you know, a US Open where the courses usually play a bit longer and tougher. But I don't know, in one word... Probably call it a bit flamboyant. To be oh, honest. I love
0: it. I love yeah. it.
2: <laughs> like, a, you know, I love Forrest Gump, like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So, yeah, I just kind of go out there. And the thing with me is I play my best when I'm having fun. And that's, you know, it's always, it's been something that I've really learned about myself the last few years in college. So I try, really try to stay in the present and just be grateful that, you know, I'm being able to make my pro debut at a major championship. I don't think a lot of people can say that. So the goal is to just really go out there and enjoy it this week too.
0: I love that description. Uh flamboyant is is wonderful. Uh I, I'm curious now then who were some of the golfers that you looked up to as going back to when you first got into the game, uh was there anybody you modeled your your game after or tried to pattern yourself after?
2: When I was growing up My favorite golfer was actually Laura Davies. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Um, I remember she came over to a New Zealand Open. I was probably not even 10 yet when I went out and watched her and just, you know, making the uh, tees in the ground with a, like, two iron or something like that. And I think she went the whole four days without taking her driver out. Just the way she hit the ball, I just remember it being so different um, to all the other girls out there. And, you know, I grew up playing with guys and just trying to hit it as far as I could and, you know, also trying stupid shots, which you probably shouldn't play at that time. But that's, you know, really the way I learned to play golf was just be creative. And, you know, I think that's really helped me. And I think, you know, the last two years or so, I've been able to refine that as well, which has helped me get to the next level. But also, you know, being from New Zealand, Lydia Ko, She's she's actually a good friend of mine now and not so much, you know, I I wouldn't compare my game to hers um, because it is very different. But I really look up to the way she handles herself and she's been a big, you know, I could call her a mentor of mine. I received a Lydia Coe scholarship when before I actually came to college where I got to go out um, to Arizona with her for three days. Um, She flew me and another girl out there with her and we kind of watched her train and play um for three days met her coaches her parents and stuff like that since then you know I've always looked up to her and the way that she gives back and just the way that you know she's been through some rough times over the past couple of years but the way she stayed positive and you know um kept that sort of cool confidence as well she never lost hope and Um, I know I didn't in her either and I always used to tell her like it's just a matter of time and you know she went out and won in Hawaii and I think she's going to be looking pretty good over the next few years as well because she's only 23, 24 I think so she's got plenty more to come.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, I, she's been in the game so long, but she's only 23, 24. I'm like, how, how can anybody look up to her yet? She's still so young. But exactly. um, yeah, it's just a testament to how early um, she obviously had success at the highest levels. Uh, I, I would love to go back to the very start. Of, of your golf story and, and talk to me a little bit about how you got into the game and was it, was it love at first swing? What was that like just even getting into the game of golf for you?
2: I was honestly such a tomboy growing up. So I played like every sport you could even imagine. I played soccer, cricket, tennis, basketball, everything. So obviously my dad used to play quite socially, not very serious at all. Um, but it was just kind of another one to add to the list, I think. And he he bought me a little plastic set of golf clubs when I was uh, six, I started. Um, and one day he just saw me uh, swinging one out in the back garden and he went, well, wow, like that's not normal, you know, how <laughs> how well I was swinging it. And it was my first time and obviously no lessons at all. But yeah, I I played golf, uh, you know, up until I was about, 10, 11, I was just literally playing it one day a week along with all the other sports that I was doing as well. And then kind of got to, you know, early teens and was like, uh, wow, this is, you know, getting me places. I made the New Zealand uh, National Academy when I was 13. I also qualified for a New Zealand Open when I was 13. And I think, you know, I was the second youngest behind Lydia at that time to qualify and um, so I started to realize, well, this, this game is taking me places. I might need to take it a bit more seriously because I was probably not out there much more than two days a week. Um, Cause I, I just loved playing every sport. And I think, you know, then I started getting to travel the world and uh, playing on New Zealand teams and stuff like that. And, you know, since then I've never looked back. I've kind of stopped playing um, all the other sports and started focusing on golf and. Yeah, I, I honestly, my love for the game has grown even more over the years, like especially coming to college as well. And um, just the team aspect of it, I'm definitely going to miss. I can't believe now I'm saying, you know, it's going to be left behind. But yeah, it's, it is, it is. you know, it's my life and I love it. And I just love the constant learning. And, you know, you you, need, you can never master this game, but it's a constant pursuit.
0: Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I mentioned before, obviously you found your way to Southern California. I were big fans of Coach Silverstein. What what went into that decision? Um, and and you know how did how did you enjoy Los Angeles? Was that a big? It's a change for anybody going to college, but but yeah. certainly in a big city like that. How how was that for you?
2: Yeah, it was, um, it, was it was. honestly a lot easier than I thought. You know, i um, I travelled quite a bit, you know, away from home. With New Zealand being a small island, you kind of have to leave the country quite a bit to go and find <laughs> good golf um, competitions and stuff like that. So I'd, I'd gotten used to being away from home, but I kind of came on my visit over here with my mum, being from a small town, a small country. I said to my mum, look, like, I'm either going to love it or I'm absolutely going to hate it here because it's so different. But, you know, I wouldn't want to go. I'm so glad I picked SC and I've loved my whole four years here and just California, the whole vibe and the weather. Obviously, I think I honestly overlooked that when looking into schools. But now thinking, you know, that schools practice in the snow and stuff like that, I go home and it's, 60 degrees and I'm already cold I think California's made me a little bit soft but yeah I have loved my time here and coach Justin and Katie they've been a huge part of my development over the past four years and I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity to play for this team
0: that's that's awesome are you a, a food person did you yeah. take to the food in Los Angeles to talk to me about you know what, what are some of your favorite spots around uh maybe yeah. around campus or around town
2: honestly yeah like back home the food's not great at all I, and then you come to LA and you've just got endless options but I always seem to go back to the same spots for some reason <laughs> you know you uh you, I don't ever want to risk it but I love you know there's a few brunch places around campus Jackson Joe which is literally like a two-minute walk from my apartment um and then yeah, just trying new things. I was like, k Town as well. It's like I've never tried Korean food before, like coming to LA, and we used to go there like every week in Korean barbecue and stuff like that. But yeah, it's definitely, definitely developed my love for food and different cuisines.
0: With an eye towards your professional career and in, in the coming years, have you thought about where you're going to call home? Because I know that's that's a big consideration for people. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, that's been, you know, a big thing that I've been thinking about the last couple weeks. Uh, I can't even get back home right now. Even if I wanted to, I'd have to go on quarantine in a hotel for two weeks. So just going to, I'm planning on staying in California at least till the end of the year, you know, my apartment and stuff till then. So hanging on to it here for a while. I told Justin he was like, don't be a stranger. I'm like, you're probably not even going to get rid of me, you know? (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I'm hanging around California once I, you know, through Q school and stuff like that. But I've got a lot of friends, um, out in Florida. So I think that's looking like it's got a bit of potential there. Um, my, one of my best mates, Patty, um, she owns an apartment over there and, um, I know golf Australia have, and they're based there as well. So that's probably looking like the plan, but I'll probably figure it out a little bit more once I play Q-School.
0: Sure, all right, off course, I gotta ask you, what what's what's your biggest time suck at the moment? What's one thing that you're just really into right now?
2: Oh, honestly, I don't know. Like this this semester's been so hectic. I've been, I actually graduated early, so I was taking like extra classes this semester, so I haven't actually been doing a lot out of my spare time, but big podcast person, I love going, you know honestly for me, it's probably going to a cafe, uh, chucking on a podcast or something and then walking around you know just campus and the village and stuff like that. That's something I love to do.
0: What did you major in?
2: I'm communications major.
0: Okay. All right. I, I'm sensing maybe, you know, as as you get established, turn pro, uh, maybe start a podcast of your own.
2: Yeah, no, honestly, I've got some, I, lo- I love golf, but I'm also quite a, um, you know, I love to dabble in different things. So I've got a, I've got a few retirement plans as well. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I think communications I've loved and I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do um, heading into college. I was only 17. So I had no idea and just asked around what other people were doing and people said you know there's no maths in communication because <laughs> I'm not really a numbers person so yeah I headed into that and I've honestly really enjoyed my time at Annenberg and the school there and really wanted to do a minor in sports media but because I ended up graduating early I wasn't really able to get that done but yeah it's been fun.
0: That's, that's great. Um, and, and good for you graduating early. That's, that's fantastic. Um, Thank you. you know, I think it's sometimes people in our position, um, when, when we just see you playing the college sports, it's, it's easy to forget about all the schoolwork and, and the actual hard work that goes into it on that side as well. So, yeah, um, what's, what's been your favorite golf course that you've played?
2: Oh, Probably Koaniki in Hawaii. We played our Pac-12 preview at Nanea, but Justin was would always take us kind of like a, a couple of days early to get around out there, and it's, it's so beautiful. It's like right on the beach. Weather's amazing. You can literally go out there like in sandals if you wanted to, and you just cruise around in carts, and they like bring you mochi at the end of the round, <laughs> and they've got a few snack shops and stuff like that. So yeah, that's probably the nicest and it's a great golf course as well, but definitely the coolest spot I've been to.
0: Is there a certain style of golf? And, and I, I guess I'm really asking about Lynx golf. I, I think I read in an interview you, you had, and I believe you were born in, in England before moving yeah. to New Zealand. Uh, I know a, a British Open would be really special for you. Have you have, do you have much experience with Lynx golf?
2: Yeah, so I um I played well. Not I wouldn't call it much experience. I've only had one, um, but it was a good experience. I played the British Am, um, It would have been in 2019 now, and it was being played at Royal County Down. So like known to be like one of the hardest links out there, and yeah, it was my as first good as it gets. Yeah, 12. exactly. Um, but I managed to do pretty well that week. I came runner up. Yeah, I'd love to get back out there again. I mean, just. You know, as I was talking about my game, like I love being creative. I love playing different shots and stuff like that. So it's definitely what you need to do um, around Lynx Golf. And, yeah, having, you know, a British background, um, I'd love to uh, win a British Open. And all my extended family is still in the UK. But, yeah, that that was on the plan to play British Am this year. But, fortunately, the US Open uh, is a little bit of more of an opportunity for me. So. Um, definitely looking forward to the chance, hopefully to play a British Open soon.
0: And and I will just say, what a lineup! The next, I, I think they've released the next five British Open venues, and and just some spectacular uh, links. Uh, yeah, the best of the best, I believe, Carnoustie, Murfield, St Andrews. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. That,
2: my coach Ryan, he's uh, he grew up at St Andrews. He's Scottish, so i um, do. I think that's twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two. So no, twenty twenty three. Uh, so I kind of when when they announced that, I clicked him through a message. I was like, I hope I can get you over there for that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the only other thing I was gonna say, you're celebrating your twenty first birthday this week, coinciding uh, with the U.S. Open start. Uh, what what you know? maybe it's bad luck if you say what the wish would be, but if you have to make a birthday wish, what, what would it be this week?
2: Uh, Obviously, you know, be able to lift the trophy at the end of the week. Uh, It'd be a pretty big celebration on the Sunday. Actually, no, I'm, I've just entered the Monday qualifier at uh, Lake Merced after the Sunday. So it might be pushed back another week, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be an amazing week no matter what. And You know, I wasn't going to be able to go home for my birthday. So I think this is the next next, best thing. And I've got, you know, a ton of friends that are playing the Open too. So um, I'm really looking forward to getting out there and just, you know, enjoying the time. But the celebrations are definitely going to have to wait. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. There was one other thing I wanted to ask you about. And I love the phrasing. I I, Again, I was in reading a bit uh, some of the interviews you've done elsewhere. You said golf ultimately is about majors and medals for you. Um, and and just talk to me about that mindset and you know, what that means to you and, and, and how that will guide the next several years for you.
2: Yeah, no. Yeah. The majors medal thing that's, you know, ever since golf was announced in the Olympics, I just was blown away with the fact that I'd had the opportunity to maybe be an Olympian. I think every sports person out there dreams of the day that they'd be able to call themselves an Olympian and just having the chance to, compete for a medal, and as I said you know to be next to Lydia as well and play on the same team representing um the country that I love it's just uh it gets me up out of bed every day for sure and obviously majors as well Um, I always seem to I love you know the big occasions and stuff like that so those are definitely my performance goals and you know they push you along each day
0: that's that's fantastic um well i will let you go now amelia it was so great to to talk with you i wish you nothing but the best happy early birthday this week at olympic and um i I hope we can do this in the future anytime you want to uh you know get some reps use that communications major you're you're more than welcome uh we'd love to have you for
2: sure thanks randy be the right club be the right club today Honey, that's
0: better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most.
2: Expect.